We're in a series called Multiple Choice, How to Make Godly Decisions in Your Life. And in the last week, if you weren't here last week, let me give you a quick review. But last Sunday, we talked about four different camps. You know, we're, we're thinking vacation and you know, camping out, but four different campsites, so to speak. And we talk about three of those camps on this side of the stage. We put a line down the middle of the room, and, and on this side is unrighteousness. It's, uh, it's a path that leads to um, sinful living on this side. And there are three camps that we talk about. And of course, on this side, we, we look at the one camp um, over here on the side of righteous living. And so, but the three camps, and I'll just give you a quick review, but the, the first campsite right here, real close to the line, it's the camp of the inexperience. The camp of the inexperience. The Proverbs talks about this person as a simple person, a simple one. They see the line, they see right and wrong, but they just want to push the envelope. They want a taste of the world. They just want to see how far they can get away without the consequences catch, catching up with them. And, and that's the inexperience. And we look at the second camp, which is a little bit further from the line. That's the camp of the indifferent. The camp of the indifferent. This is in Proverbs. It's the, it's the person described as a fool. They see the line, but they don't care. They hear the warning label, but they don't care. They want to do it their way, and they don't care what's going to stop them. They live in this camp of the indifferent. And then we talk about a third camp, like way over here. I can't get there today. The third camp is the camp of the indignant. The camp of the indignant. Proverbs describe this person as a mocker, a scorner. This is a person that they don't even see the line no more. They, don't, they, they hate God. They hate the people of God. And, and I said it last week, but there's a good chance that there may not be anybody in this room that is living in that camp, the camp of the indignant. They don't have anything to do with God. Now, there could be a person who have lived there as the prodigal child, the prodigal son, who's looking for hope, who's looking to get back, and maybe that's where you're at. Maybe it's like, man, I've been living there for a while, and I'm ready to get back to the place where I belong. Maybe in one of these other camps. Maybe in the camp of the fool, the indifferent, or the camp of the simple, the, the inexperienced. And you're, you're at a place where you say, oh, I'm tired of living in this camp. I'm tired of living on this side of the line. And, and there's hope. There's absolutely hope in Jesus to come back here and to live in this fourth camp, which is the camp of insight. To live in the camp of wisdom and to grow in the knowledge of God, to live in righteousness right here in this camp. There's hope for every person, no matter where you're living. You can live here as followers of Jesus. And, and so today, I, I want to spend some time in this camp. I want to talk about more on this idea of wisdom. And, 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 and today, the message title is this, when making decision is tough. Even when you're living in the camp of insight, in the camp of, of, of the wise, even when you're living here, sometimes decisions can be tough. How many of you, when you were growing up like me, I don't think it exists no more, but when we were growing up as kids, 
we, grandma and grandpa would take you, or maybe your parents, they would take you to the penny candy store. How many of you remember the penny candy store? Uh, and it's great. And the grandparents give you a dollar, and they give you a little green basket when you go into the store, and, and they say, you got one dollar. And then you start at the, you know, the penny area, you know, with the Tootsie Rolls, you know, and they're one cents. You know, and then you kind of move down the line and, and, and they start going up in price a little bit. You got one dollar to work with. That's your budget, you know, and you got the five cent candy. You know, they're, they're, they're the little, um, you know, the uh, upgraded candy, maybe the, the, a little bit of a, um, a snicker bar or something, you know, the tiny bites. Or, or maybe it's a Mary Jane candy. I remember Mary Jane, all right? Not talking about the Mary Jane, the bad stuff, okay? I'm talking about. <laughs> Talking about the candy, okay? And uh, you know, you got that for a nickel. And, and uh, man, you load up on the Mary Janes. You know, the good stuff, all right? The good stuff, all right? And, and, uh, and, and, then, and then you move along to the dime candy and to the quarter candy. And all of a sudden, you know, decisions are getting tough because you have a dollar, you know? And you're like, oh, do I go back to the pennies and get, you know, load up on the cheap stuff? Or do I kind of. You know, get a good mix of cheap and the good stuff. I mean, what, what do I do? It's a decision. And I'm telling you, that one dollar in the penny candy store would take forever. You know, and there's a parent or grandparents in the room, and you're like, come on, Johnny. You know, let's go. You know, you're down to the last quarter. You know, do you get the, you know, you know, the, the good stuff for a quarter, or do you go back and get, you know, more cheap stuff? And it's decision and decision, and it's tough. Remember? Tough times. How are you going to spend that dollar in a penny candy store? And I wish, listen, as growing up, I wish life was that simple. You know, make decision making, you know, in a candy store. But life has gotten more complex as we got older. A little bit more complicated. A little bit challenging. You know, one of the most common asked questions that I get as a pastor is to Scott, how, how do I know what God's will is for my life? Says God, I've got multiple choice here, and I don't know if I should select A or select B or or, or C, none of the above, or D, all of the above. Right? I, I'm confused. I don't know what the route that I'm supposed to go. And, and, and we ask the question, God, what's your direction? God, where do you want me to go? We wonder where we go to college. We wonder where we, you know, if we should date this person. We wonder if we should get married. We wonder if we should have another kid. We wonder if we should buy a house instead of renting a house. We wonder if we should get another car. Wonder if we should take the job. How, how do we know what God wants us to do? Now, the good news is that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God will show you exactly what he wants you to do. There'll be no doubt in your mind, 100%. There will never be any problems or obstacles at all if you're a child of God. By the way, what I just said was not true. Some of you were just about to do a little fact checking and say, you know, I'm not sure you're saying the right stuff. Because the reality is we don't know 100% of what God wants to do. Even as a follower of Jesus, even if we're living in this camp, sometimes it's not clear. 
And sometimes we think, but, but, you know, as a child of God, I should have all the answers. I should know the answer from A to Z, where I'm supposed to go. And that's not how it works with God, even as a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, check out the Apostle Paul. If anybody's going to understand what God wants, I mean, I think it's got to be Paul. I mean, here's the guy that wrote most of the New Testament. Now, here's the guy that spent time with God in heavenly places. He planted churches all over the place. He was on mission 24-7. I mean, if you think anybody should know exactly what God has for them, you would think it would be Paul. But I want you to watch how detailed Paul's understanding of God's direction for his life. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And verse number six, he says, for sure. No, he says, perhaps. That's what he says. Perhaps I will stay with you. Three weeks, four weeks, four weeks, couple months. No, he says, for a while. Well, I might even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I'm going. I, I don't have a clue where I'm going. He said, I, for I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. But he said, but I, I, I hope, I, I really do, I hope that I can hang out and spend some time with you if the Lord permits. He said, I would stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened up to me and there are many who oppose me. And so Paul, you can see, you see some a phrase here, perhaps, for a while, I hope, if the Lord permits. It, Paul didn't have a clue of what was to come. He didn't understand all the details. But it did not stop him from serving God in a very effective manner. And if this morning you feel a little bit like Paul, I want you to take comfort in this. The Bible says in Proverbs, it's not on your screen, but Proverbs chapter 16, verse number nine. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but it's the Lord that establishes their steps. See, God doesn't always show us the future. God doesn't always show us the details. Man will make plans in his heart but the Lord, he determined the steps, step by step. How do we grow into God's perfect will? Well, we do it step by step. Uh, here's what a lot of you are going to want to know. A lot of you want to know, what does God want me to do? God, show me what you want me to do. God, show me, show me, show me. God, when you show me, then, then I will do what you want me to do. And God said to you, I'm not always going to show you. I'm not always going to show you what to do, but I will give you the wisdom to decide. God doesn't always show us specifically what to do, but he will give us the wisdom to, to decide. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the wisdom to decide, the wisdom to discern. 
Wisdom is one of the most important traits, one of the most important attributes that you can pursue from our Heavenly Father. In fact, this is what Solomon, King Solomon, the third king of Israel, this is exactly what he did. When he became king, he was, you know, Solomon was to sacrifice a bull before the Lord into a burnt offering. That's what, that was what was required of King Solomon. But King Solomon wanted to worship God with just extravagance. That instead of making the one sacrifice that he was required, he made 1,000 burnt offerings. 1,000 bulls that he owned. And he burned it into an offering for the Lord as an extravagant act of worship toward God. And in a dream, God said to him, hey, Solomon, I'll give you whatever you want. By the way, I, I, I think it's a little side note. But whenever you live in a place of generosity as an extravagant act of worship, it moves the heart of God. God's heart is moved when he goes to Solomon and says, Solomon, what do you desire? And what Solomon doesn't say is, hey, hey, God, man, what, this is awesome. Um, I want more money. I want riches. I want more power. I want, it to, I want it to destroy my enemies, all my enemies. But that's not what Solomon says. He said, God, help me be a good king and give me the wisdom to know right from wrong. Give me the wisdom to make the decisions that would honor you. And God said, okay, not only, not only am I going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you all the other stuff too. And that's why we see Solomon. He writes this very directly in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. It said, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Get it. Do whatever it takes to get wisdom, though it costs all you have, get understanding. Solomon said the wisest thing that you can do is to get wisdom. Get wisdom, develop good judgment. By the way, as you get older in life, you find yourself saying, I wish I knew back then what I knew now. You know what I'm talking about? That's because you're gaining wisdom. You're gaining wisdom. Wisdom above anything else. It's more valuable than gold. And Solomon said, get wisdom. God, I want your divine wisdom. Show me what to do. Show me how to, show me how to live. And God will not always show you what to do. Sometimes making decisions can be tough. But I believe that God will give you the wisdom to decide. I'm going to give you three simple words, three simple thoughts. I'm going to unpack each word here, but I want to give you three simple thoughts that you need to remember as we live in the camp of insight, as we strive to live for him, even when, even when it's not clear. We'll live in this camp. I'll give you three words. Number one, the word walk. The first word is walk. Proverbs chapter 13, 
on verse number 20. We, we, we started first last week. Let me emphasize the first part. Walk with the wise and become wise. Walk with the wise, become wise. You know, I, I lived in the South for a little bit, and um, in the panhandle of, uh, panhandle of Florida, it's, uh, they actually have a term for it called the Redneck Villa. Uh, a bunch of rednecks live there. I mean, and it's just great. I mean, it, it is, it's crazy. And here's what I've learned. Anytime you saw three men in the front of a pickup truck, you know nothing good can come out of it. <laughs> Listen, you run with the wrong people, and the wrong things tend to happen. And I used to hear this. Some of you have too. Show me your friends. And I'll show you your future. I want you to think about it like this. I want to dig a little bit deeper. And you'll see on the screen. It's almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. I want you to let that sink in for just a minute. It is almost impossible to live in righteousness when you have or when you're walking and hanging out with the wrong kind of friends. The Bible said, walk with the wise, and you become wise. Here's a couple more verses, not on your screen, but Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. Plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Talk about, Solomon talked about having a board of advisors a board of wise people that can help you make wise decisions. I love uh, Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. In other words, we do life with the right kind of people. Now, this isn't like, hey, I'm going to just go to a wise person and just ask for advice, you know, some good advice. Now, I'm, I'm talking more than that. I'm talking about being plugged in, doing life together, walking together with other believers who are driving to live in the camp of insight. This is why life group is so important at late point. You know, right now in the summertime, we take, we take a couple months off with a lot of people traveling and stuff like that. And we just finished, like, last week. Uh, a lot of our groups, and, uh, but nine months out of a year, we have life groups. And it's so important to get plugged in because you cannot, you should not do life alone. It's important, it's necessary as you become wise, you're walking with the wise. That's why life group is important. And not just life groups, but all the way down to our kids. I think about LP students. And we have student ministries on Sunday night for high school and Thursday night for middle school. And I think it's so important, parents, it is so vital to do whatever it takes to get your teenagers to youth, to get them there among our leaders that want to help them live in a camp of insight. And listen, your, your kids, your teenagers might try to say, hey, I, I don't want to go, mom, dad. You know, I, I, 
You know, Jonah, Jonah teaches a little too long. I don't know if he does or not, you know. Just, you know but they, listen, they will make up any excuses not to come. Apparently, you can buy it. Or you can say, no, you need to go. Because the alternative is most likely they're going to hang out. Not that I'm against video games, but there's no wisdom to gain from video games. You know, there, you know there's wisdom, though, for one hour, two hours a week to get them plugged in and to LP students. I just want to brag on Jonah. Jonah, uh, you know, yeah, go ahead. Just. Not only him, but his youth leaders. Um, some of our, I see some of our youth leaders in here, and, and, and they, um, listen, they are invested in your kids. They want to develop wisdom. They want them to walk in the path of the wisdom, in the path of the wise. They care. They're not just investing them for the week. They invest for eternity. And I thank God for every one of our youth leaders, Pastor Jonah. This week, I pray for these leaders. Because they're going to camp. And they're taking 50 kids to camp this week. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And they got, what, nine or ten leaders going to go, and, I'm, I'm, you know, we pray for them. They leave on Saturday. We won't see them next Sunday. They'll be back, you know, the following Sunday. But, you know, to pray for them. I remember some of the biggest decisions in my life was when I was a teenager at camp. I was called a ministry because of camp. I gave my life and surrendered my life to Jesus because of camp. Parents, get your kids to camp. There's room for more kids in camp, right? Yeah, of course. We got two buses. We got more room. You know, get your kids to camp. This is what costs too much money. Listen, you do whatever it takes to get your kids to gain wisdom, no matter what the cost. And if you need help, we'll help you. We'll help you. We have scholarship. We'll make it work. Get your kids to camp. Let me go about LP kids for a minute. And this week at Vacation Bible School, and our, our leaders, Tracy, I don't know where she's at. She was in a shark costume out there. Bless her heart. <laughs> our, 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 our volunteers, our leaders that's helping her, and um, they're investing in your kids. Get your kids to church. Get them in church. This is where camp of the insight. You get them there. Get them in church. We have... 109 volunteers, last I checked, for Vacation Bible School. We have 112 kids signed up. So, hey, you know, almost one-to-one right here. We'll have more this week. But that's awesome. And so, listen, we got to walk with the wise. Walk with the wise. Hang out with God's people. Here's the second word I want to bounce off of you. The first word is walk. The second word is the word ask. Ask. As we seek wisdom, we're going to ask. 
Or what are we asking for? The Bible made a promise in James chapter 1, verse 5. Here's the promise. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Look at that word, ask. You should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. The Bible says that it will be given to you. Ask God for wisdom, and he will give you wisdom. And he loves, listen, God loves to share wisdom with his children. And here's the deal. You have to spend time with him. You have to spend time with God to ask him. Where, where can you get wisdom? Now, where can you get wisdom from him? I promise you, listen, you can get it every single day from his word. You can get it every single day from other believers who you're walking with in this camp. You can get it every day by hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. You see, he is the good shepherd who guides his sheep. He wants to lead you into paths of what? Righteousness. He wants to lead you there. He wants to guide you there. But you have to draw close to him. You have to be near him. If you're in the back of the pack, you're not going to see him. And if you're not careful, if you wander in the back of the pack, you'll drift on the wrong side. You're drifting across over the line. Where the shepherd wants to guide you, you have to be near him to listen to him. I love what Psalm 31 verse 8 says. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you. I will watch over you. I want you to underline those three verbs. Guide. God said, I will guide you. Underline the word advise. I will advise you. Underline the word watch. I will watch over you. The loving Father may not tell you exactly what to do, but he will give you the wisdom to decide, and he will guide you. He will advise you. He will watch over you. My, my son is in the middle of driving train, and bless his heart, bless my heart. <laughs> Told me the other day, he said, Dad, he said, Dad I figured out parallel parking. I said, all right, we'll see about that. <laughs> he said, yeah, I drove down through some city, and you know, that road in First Avenue, 2nd Avenue, 3rd Avenue. I said, downtown Rochester? <laughs> yeah, I think that's it, you know. And I, I can just, I'm having flashbacks of when I was in driving training, and I had my driver's permit, and my dad next to me, you know, guiding me, directing me, and grabbing the wheel. <laughs> you know, Tommy, yelling at me, break it, put the brake on, <laughs> you know. And, 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 and listen, God wants to guide you, direct your steps. When you're living here, in the camp of the inside, when you're close to him, you can ask him, say, God, I'm, I need help in this moment. God, I need wisdom. I don't know what to do. That he will give you clarity and give you the wisdom to decide. Let's lead you to our third word. And that's the word decide. 
It's simply the word decide. Where to ask, where to walk, and where to decide. So the question, how, how, how do I know I've got multiple choice, A and B, C and D. How do I know if this is of God? How do I know that the open door is what God wants me to step into? How do I know that it doesn't, it's not a door, that this open door belongs to the devil? Is this my desire or God's desire? And remember, we, we, we've been talking about questions. You see those questions on your handout notes. Ask your question in the camp of the insight. Okay, God, does it go against your word? Does it violate scripture? Does it, does it fulfill the law of love? What does love require of me? Always err on the side of forgiveness. Always err on the side of grace. You know, ask the question, all right, God, you know, does this distract me from your purpose in my life? By calling. And then we ask the, the wise question, the wisdom question. Is this the wise thing to do, God? Based on my past history, my present circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, is this the wise thing to do? But what if you ask all those questions and you still don't know what to do? You're trying to figure it out. You say, God, I don't know what, what I'm supposed to be doing now. What does God do next if you're taking notes? And I've already kind of said this multiple times today. That at the end of the day, God will give you the wisdom to decide. God says, you decide. I trust you. Make the call. Let's look at Paul again. He's seeking direction from God. And, and this is what he did not say. He didn't say the Lord spoketh unto me. And said, Paul, this is what thou shalt do it. That's the old King James language for you. Not what he does. He says in First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, this is what Paul says. He says, so when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best. We thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We thought about it. We considered it, we just thought it best. We just thought it best. God didn't say anything, we just made a decision. And there are times when you just have to make a decision. Perhaps God is, might be leading you to another city for another job that pays more. And sometimes God absolutely wants to bless you financially. That may be the move you need to, be, that you need to make. But other times you may move to a new city and not find a great church to get plugged into. Or, or your kids are thriving spiritually here and you say, man, do I want to sacrifice what God is doing to my kids and trade that move just so I can make a buck more? Don't make money the only indicator, maybe an indicator, but put it all on the table. and say, God, here it is. Give me the wisdom to decide. As a pastor, there are times when I know God is directing me, and I, and, I, and I go. There are times when I just need to make a decision. And God gives me, and I ask God for the wisdom to decide 
They said, well, what if I make a mistake? What if, what if I go this way? Listen, God will always bring you back. In fact, you might learn something from a mistake, a bad decision. I mentioned a couple of sermons ago, a few weeks ago, about one of our dumb decisions for us, may not be for some of you, but for us as a newlywed on a, on a assistant pastor's salary, a timeshare was a bad decision for us. By the way, we had no intention of getting that timeshare. We didn't even know what, know, knew what it was. But when we got it, you know what? We made a bad decision. And we had a seven-day cancellation window. And guess what happened on the seventh day? We made a phone call. And we lost $200. But with wisdom that we gained, it was, a, it was a $200. And for us, it was a lot of money. But we were like, you know what? That's going to teach us something. To think it through before we blow it. To think through before we purchase. And we learned something. And we gained something from it. God directed us back. For us, that makes sense. That was the wise thing for us to do. We didn't ask that question. We should have. God's going to direct your step. Listen, I, I, I'm reminded of a story of, of, of Abraham and Lot. Remember Abraham? He had his nephew Lot, both wealthy. Abraham had his uh, herds, and so did Lot. And they were a little too close. They were kind of encroaching on their property and, and were causing some of the servants, you know, to kind of get into some, you know, some scuffles and some, it was causing some issues. And, and so Abraham a lot, you know, he goes to Uncle Abraham and said, what are we going to do? He said, you know, we kind of need to give ourselves some more space. And Abraham gave Lot a choice. Go back in the scripture and you can see this. He said, he said, Lot, you can either go to the left or to the right. And, and, and Lot could have gone left, he could have gone right and been okay. God's will would have been in either direction. The Bible said that Lot lifted his eyes up toward the plains, not to the left, not to the right, but toward the plains was Sodom and Gomorrah, two sinful cities, and went that direction. He could have gone Either A or B. They went the wrong direction. Now, God tried to bring them back out. And it cost them a lot. It cost them a lot. Listen, God, sometimes he gives you choices. Left or right. And he'll give you the wisdom to decide. The wisdom to decide. There's no way that we're ever going to foresee everything that's going to happen in our life. We're not going to know God's will perfectly. But all we can do is to be faithful in the next step. Step by step. Get to know Jesus. Learn his voice. Listen for his voice. Stay close to him. Ask him for wisdom. And then when it's time to make a decision, he'll give you the wisdom to decide and make the right choice. And he will guide you. He will advise you. He will watch over you. He's not gonna say, oh, you made the wrong choice. You failed. He'll get you back. That's where you're living. 
in the camp of the insight. I want to challenge our men for just a minute. I'm going to ask Owen to come up to the keys. And he's going to come up here in just a second. In Joshua chapter 24, verse number 15, Joshua had to make a choice. Man, you know, we live in a world that's so anti-God. I don't know if you pick up on that. Oh, uh, I think most of us are aware that we live in a very anti-God world. And as men, God is calling you to be spiritual leaders. Be spiritual leaders in the home. To be spiritual leaders in the marketplace. Uh, to be spiritual leaders at church. There's an epidemic. There's a spiritual epidemic in American Christianity, but we're not seeing men stepping up to lead. But it doesn't have to be that for you. Joshua had a choice. And he said in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, he said, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself today. Men, not, not, not tomorrow, not next week, next month. Joshua said you need to make a choice today. He said, choose for yourself today whom you will serve. And then Joshua lists some idols. They may not be relevant to us, these idols. But let's just face it, we do have idols. We have the idols of, of the pursuit of more. We have the idols of, it's about me, what I want. And we can pursue all these things and totally miss out of what God wants us to learn in the camp of insight. And Joshua said, hey, you can chase all these other stuff at the end of the day. He says, as for me and my house, I made a choice. I made a decision. I will serve the Lord. Any men who would choose today, I will serve the Lord. I will lead my family. I will lead it in the marketplace. I will lead it personally in my life. I want to make a difference. I want to lead well. God, I don't have all the answers. God, I want wisdom. And I want to live for you. I want the wisdom to decide to honor you in everything I do. And I want to make a difference.
And on this Father's Day of June 19th, 2022, I don't care if, man, I don't care if you're married or single. You got kids or you don't have kids. I don't care if you're 50 years old or plus or if you're a teenager. Today, he says, you know what? I made a decision not to live in the camps on this side of the line, but to live here and to live in wisdom and live in path of righteousness for his name's sake. I have a time of prayer, but don't ever do this. I told Pastor Tom one day I'd like to build an auditorium that has a little bit more space up here. I think God does something when we take commitments and get on our knees before God. I said, God, today, today, I will serve the Lord. We're going to make it work. You might not make it to the front. You might have to get you know, halfway down the aisle. Maybe you can't physically get up here. That's okay. You get where you're at. You know, sit where you're at. If you can get on your knees before God, but I'm going to invite all men. All men. If God leads you to come to the front and say, today, I want to live in a camp of insight. I have decided to follow him. I want to see some men. Let's go. Right now. Spiritual leadership. It's a men to lead the way. Get on and pray, and in a few minutes, I'll close in prayer. Ladies, when you're in the chair, be, you know, in the seat, pray for these men. Pray for these men to be leaders in your home, in the church, in the marketplace.